Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 1st edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my good friend here and my co-host, Cole Shelton, for a jam-packed episode of the show. Once again, Cole, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to recap last week's UFC event. We'll preview this weekend's UFC event. Uh, we'll preview tonight's Dana White's Contender Series event. So there's a lot to talk about and some news and fight announcements, including the potential return of a former UFC heavyweight superstar. So Lock talk about Cole. First off, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm I'm doing good, Cole. You know, can't complain, man. I, it's pretty crazy. It's already September. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, both of us have our birthdays this month, so it should be a good month. But it's just crazy how fast that summer went by, man. Just the whole pandemic and everything. But you know, hopefully everyone's doing well that's listening to the show. And let's get right into this uh, episode. So let's start with last week's show, Cole. UFC on ESPN plus thirty three. Uh, overall, I mean, I think your picks were pretty good. Like pretty sharp overall um not many upsets actually Cole. mostly chocolate one so you know it's one of those nights where mostly the favorites one but there's you know, i want to get through the card kind of quick here because there's a lot of uh, other new fights to talk about but let's start with the main event from last week cole uh we both picked smith in that fight and obviously it was a horrible pick looking back i mean yeah it's what it is but i i feel like the the line kind of you know made us kind of lean that way but it was such a bad fight it was so boring cool my girlfriend watched me and she fell asleep like I, and i'm sitting there watching like i'm like man this is what i'm doing with my saturday night. i hate when that happens when you're like watching a fight and you're like why am i doing this for my saturday night that doesn't happen that often but uh for this particular fight and this event it wasn't the greatest event on paper i didn't think it was that bad i didn't think it was a great card call like after it played out but the main event it was frustrating to watch this fight call i gotta be honest um rackage the first round those kicks were nasty he was hurting smith Hurt Smith and then goes to the ground with him. And the rest of the fight was just him basically laying Smith's guard and just beating him up. And Smith, it's like this guy's lost all belief in his abilities, too. It's really hard to watch him fight now, man. And now he's saying, I might move back to middleweight or go to heavyweight. Like, last year, this guy was a title contender. Now he's like, he doesn't even know what weight class he wants to fight in. And for Rakic, he, he is a good fighter, no doubt about it, Cole. But I wanted to see him finish this fight. I think he could have finished yeah. He just chose to kind of lay in prey, quite frankly. So give me your thoughts on this fight, man, because as a viewer, I was – quite frustrating watching this fight yeah it was not good that first round i'm like oh rax is gonna finish him and then just that second and third round it just dragged on and then rackage was starting to celebrate with like 15 seconds left on the clock which i'm like oh i i wish dana white was at that event because he would have ripped him apart for that and rackage was called for a title shot i'm like you don't get a title shot off that win like to me he has to fight yuri pajaka next that's really like the only available guy to me the, the obviously you have adesanya reyes or sorry, uh, Blahovich race. Sorry, I was mixing up the two fights. But yeah, Blahovich race for the belt, and then Santos Teixeira next weekend. The winner of that is fighting the winner. I think if you look at the rankings, Yuri Pajaka is about the only guy still available. Yeah. I think you do Yuri Pajaka, uh, Rakic later this year, early next year. Winner of that fight gets a title shot after Santos Teixeira. But there's no way Rakic is leapfrogging Santos or Teixeira. I agree with everything you just said, Cole. Yeah, to me, that's not a performance that gets you like a top five spot in the division, quite frankly. Um, right now, you know, Smith's going to move down in the rankings. I'm assuming Yuri and uh, Alexander will move up a bit. But to me, it's like that's not the kind of performance that I want to see from him. He could have finished Anthony Smith. I, I, you know, you messaged me right away, Cole, after you knocked him down with that leg kick. You're like, why is he in his guard? Why is he letting him back up and try to finish him? Like, he could have finished Smith. Smith's legs were done. He didn't check one kick in that fight. Man, what is with Smith, honestly? What happened to this guy, Cole? All of a sudden, he's terrible. Like, it's crazy, right? He was such a good fighter. Like, two years ago, last year even, he was still winning fights. And now it's like he, he can't do anything in the cage. So I honestly have no idea what's next for him. You know, he's saying back to middleweight. I don't know if that's the right move for him, Cole, honestly, because that's a tough weight cut. Heavyweight, 
possibly. I guess he could do okay there. You know, he might have a speed advantage. But I don't know, Cole. It's kind of weird um, what's happened to this guy. It, ever since that break-in in his house in April, Cole, he's, he's just a different guy now. It's crazy. Um, just quickly, the co-main event, Neil Magny picks up another win here over Robbie Lawler. I don't know if this is a case of Neil Magny being really good, and he is a really good fighter. He's got 17 wins now. He's two back from GSP's welterweight record. Or if it's a case, Cole, of Robbie Lawler just being honestly shot as a fighter. Like, I hate to say it because I love Robbie Lawler, but Cole, four straight losses, and Cole, he did nothing in this fight. He didn't even throw a punch. What was with Robbie Lawler in this fight, Cole? Yeah, I don't know. Like, my uh, brother was out, Like, and he's like, oh, let me know who wins the co-main event main event. Because I was wearing for CBC, so I had to watch anyways. Hmm. So I'm just like, I texted him when they showed the strength stats. I'm like, it's like, what was it? It was like a hundred to 17 or 80 to 17. Something like that. It was crazy. And yeah. he's like, what the hell is with Robbie Lawler? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it, it's so weird. Like the past, even Covington against Covington, he was just scared to throw. And it was so weird because the fight before Ben Askren, he came out and you can't even say, oh, it's because he was scared to get taken down. Cause Ben Askren, he started throwing like a ton cause he wasn't really worried about the takedown. So and I saw people using that excuse, but it doesn't really work because he was throwing a, a lot of volume against Ben Askren. But Covington and Magny just seems like he doesn't want to pull the trigger anymore. He's obviously past his prime. He's one of the best fighters, one of the most exciting fighters like for the past couple of years. But I think he's honestly onto that, like the Legends Tour, where he just needs to fight those like yeah. guys. Of, uh, like, he's not making another title run or making a run to the top 10. I agree completely. I mean, this was kind of a bad matchup in hindsight for sure. Uh, he took on a short notice. I respect the guy. He wanted to get back in there. He's like, you know what? Uh, I haven't fought in a year. I want to get back in there. Opportunity open for uh, the fight with Magny after Jeff Neal fell out. But to me, he looked terrible in this fight. I'm with you, though, Cole. I think that's a really smart observation. I, I think fights like Carlos Condit, uh, Nick Diaz, those are the kind of fights he should be fighting. At the point. Guys that aren't ranked. Guys that can be still be dangerous. Guys that are at the end of their careers, too. So that's kind of how I'm feeling for Robbie because – you put him in there with a the top 15 guy, Cole, I don't think he beats any of them at this point. Like, he just, I don't know. There's something, he's something missing, man. It's crazy because he, he's training at Sanford, right? So, like, he's got the yeah. best partners, and he goes in there, has a performance like this. Frustrating, Cole. Frustrating. And um, one in five in his last six. He's on a four-fight losing streak. So, I don't even know. If, like, the UFC, I doubt they'd they cut him. him. No but, way. Like, They're not going to cut him. Are they, they even going to give him another fight? They maybe, cut him for Cole. <laughs> maybe they'll say, like, hey, maybe we'll give you one more like maybe they're gonna do what Anderson Silva what they're doing with him like th this is it like yeah, this is your last fight and give him maybe that Condit rematch or something like that yeah I mean Condit's lost five straight he's still in the UFC yeah I mean, Court McGee like that's the kind of fight that uh Robbie Lawler can win he could beat Court McGee I think you know that's the only kind of guy or call is Condit but I think there's still fights like like Mickey Gall I think he would beat him you know what I mean so there's still some fights that he can win but top 15 guys I don't think so Cole not at this point let's take Kevin's question Kevin Scott, good morning, Kevin. Hey, guys, if you remove Smith's win over Uzdemir from his record, he hasn't had an impressive win over a prime young fighter in years, maybe ever. You're not wrong, Kevin. You're not wrong at all. I mean, the win over Gustafson last year, it was over a guy that we know now is kind of on the downside of himself. Some of the other wins, Shogun, Rashad Evans. like Shogun is still a good win because he's <clears> still winning quite a bit. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Cole. You know, you look at Shogun's recent record, it's not bad. I think he's like 5-1-1 one, one or something over his last seven. So he's not like terrible. Like when Anthony Smith fought him, he was on a three-fight winning streak and he beat Corey Anderson during that run. I agree, but, you know, Kevin's point, I think, is he hasn't beaten like a, a young guy. In yeah. Like Volcan. Like that was a good win, though, you know. He submitted Volcan, but he's not wrong. I mean, you look at some of the other wins he's had in his career, and, I, I mean, those are the biggest wins he's had. Like he's mostly been a journeyman. 
But it was amazing to watch what Smith did the last few years, uh, going to light heavyweight and becoming kind of a, a contender. So I respect Smith, but I do think he's on the downside right now. Here's a question from Marcus. Hey, Marcus, what's up? Mark, Mike Perry versus Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fun fight. Uh, I would watch that fight. Mike Perry would definitely be favored in that fight, though, at this point of his career. That would you be think so? I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, no one's betting on Robbie Lawler anymore. I mean, even I'm not going to. <laughs> like, and I'm the guy who picks him literally every fight. <laughs> every fight, including the one he, he lost last night or on the weekend, which was not a, <laughs> the smartest uh, pick, but is what it is. Um, just getting to the rest of the card here, Cole. Also on the main card, uh, we'll get through it quickly, actually. Uh, Alexa Grasso beats ji Kim, and Ricardo Lamas defeats Bill Aldo. Great fight. Any thoughts on those two fights really quick? Yeah, I thought after that second round, I'm like, man, Lamas is going to lose this one. And that third round was dominant. That's like what you want to see. That veteran fighter really took over. It was To me, it was 1-1. And it, he 10-8 Bill Aljo, and he looked like he had no gas, which was really impressive. I know he's talking about retirement. I I think he's maybe at that end where maybe he only has one, two more fights. But for him, like, it's really worth that damage. Like, he's not going on Cheddar, and he's not getting these ranked guys. Maybe he just takes a couple fun fights and his career. But if this is it, Lamas still is... Like he's an underrated featherweight, is one of the, like the better ones. Like he had, he had some success against Jose Aldo. Like he took the fifth round against Aldo. He beat a lot of top guys in featherweight. Just the last bit of his career, just getting knocked out too much. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And then the, the grass, she looked okay in that fight. Um, going to the prelims, uh, Impa Kasagi named Nakamoto. Really fun fight. Impa wins that fight. Uh, Cummings, little upset there over to Chirico. Really close fight. Cool. Literally, I think that head kick at the buzzer in the third round won him that fight. Like it was I super cool. soft though. Pardon? I think the fight should have been stopped. At yeah, the right dude, I knockout. It's like OSP against Dominic Reyes, yeah. where he got knocked out of the belt. I think it was a knockout because he couldn't even stand up. So to me, that should have been TKO, but it is what it is. I'm well, glad that guy won, though. Go ahead. Do you think they're going to cup Tolo? Because most contracts are four fights. He's one yeah. and three. Yeah, I, think, I think he's done. I think so, too. I mean, this was a good fight, though. Like, it, it probably was going to be fight the night until Algio and Lama stole the show with their awesome fight. But uh, yeah, I think he's probably going to get released. But who knows? I mean, he's taking fights on short notice. He's helping them out. They need fighters, so it's possible he gets another fight. Uh, Alex Caceres defeats Austin Springer. Now, just a quick question about this fight. Um, Springer, I think he's managed by Jason House, who's like considered one of the better managers. How do they not get a catch weight for this guy? Two days notice, and he missed weight by five pounds. How could they not get a 150-pound score? Like, they put him in a bad spot. They put him in a spot to lose her. Well, I feel kind of bad for the dude because hadn't fought in two years and gets a fight in two days notice. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think 150, like, ask any fighter to say you don't have to cut those last five pounds. Every single fighter is going to say yes. Like, it's not like Caceres would have been like, no, I, I want to cut that extra five pounds. Like, yeah. I don't get it. But I don't know. He, I don't know. It just didn't, and maybe it is the two days, but he did not impress me at all. Like, he, oh. he looked good on, like, a tennis series spinning to get good Aussie. I thought maybe he was going to get a contract then, but this fight, he just didn't have, his striking was bad. He didn't really, once they got to the ground, like, Caceres isn't that good of a ground guy anymore. Like he still has a lot of success, but again, in a lot of his fights, he isn't the one that's having success on the ground. He dominated when they went to the ground. Like Springer had nothing for him. Like, like Caceres literally just jumped on his back, and Springer no. had nothing to avoid it. Oh, I mean, this was just this guy getting a paycheck. I mean, that's all it was. It was him going in there getting his 10k. Actually, he didn't even get 10k. He got fined 30 percent for missing weight. So he probably got like 7k. Gave some to his manager. Gave some to taxes. This guy probably got like you know a couple grand basically to get choked out in a few minutes. It's not the worst day, worst day at the office, but uh, could have got knocked out. It could have been worse, but yeah, cool. I mean, definitely, I think he was just put in a position to lose by his management. You know, taking a fight against a guy who was a veteran on such short notice, and obviously he wasn't in shape to fight. So that's that's the, that's kind of an issue I have with that one. Um, just going through the, the last couple of fights here, 
Sean Brady finally gets a finish. I'm watching this fight thinking, man, is this guy ever going to finish a fight? And then taps out Christian Aguilera with a one-arm guillotine choke. Super impressive. So I like that performance by him. Uh, I think Sean Brady potentially could fight a top 15 guy next. I think he is really good. Uh, Pollyanna Vienna, nice little upset here over Emily Whitmire. Whitmire is definitely someone who could be released, I think, from the UFC at this point. Yeah. And opening up the card, Mallory Martin coming back and beating Hannah Cyphers. Hannah Cyphers had that fight in the bag in the first round. Chris Tyone, once again, Cole, the, the fighters love this guy, the referee, because I think a lot of refs would have stopped that fight, Cole. Obviously, it was a good decision not to because she came back and won Martin in the second round. What's with Cyphers, Cole? Two and five now in the UFC. There's no chance she gets another fight, right? Yeah, I don't think so. She has. I thought, like, I saw people saying, oh, that fight should have been stopped. I didn't think she should have been stopped. I thought Chris Tanioni did a good job with that one. But, man, Cyphers, the past couple of fights, he just showed once she gets to the ground, she has no sufficient defense. None, like, at None at all. You know, two and Cole, two and five, all five stoppage losses, man. It's not like she's losing close decisions. And I know she did have some success. In the first round, she did look good in that first round. And I, I even tweeted and it got on the screen. It was like, I was like, holy smokes, like she outlanded her like 55 to one or something. It was a massive 10 8 round for her, but I don't know what happened. Second round just completely gassed out. This happened. Have you not noticed this has been happening a lot lately, Cole? Like fighters dominating the first round, Timur Valiev, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Maria Agapova. And then they gas out in the second and, and lose an upsets. It's crazy, right? Cardio, man. Cardio is so key in the sport, Cole. We all know this, yet some of these fighters don't train it. Hannah Cyphers is not a UFC caliber fighter. I'm sorry. 0 and 4 in 2020. She's not she's not worthy of the roster spot. I'm sorry. Get her back in the regional scene. Get her an LFA. Get her some um confidence boosting wins. And then get her back uh, in the UFC, maybe. But right now, you can't have someone on the roster that's getting knocked out and, and getting submitted every fight. It's like when me and you are doing our research for these fights, we go to topology and we see these guys with like 0 and 20 records with all first round submission losses, Cole. And you wonder what's going on there. She's been finished in four straight fights, you know. I don't know, Cole. It's just like they got to – I understand they need fighters right now, but they really need to start trimming the roster. And Dana White did hint at that recently, Cole. He did say we will be making uh, like 14 or 15 roster cuts. I'm pretty sure Hannah Cyphers will be one of them, and I'm pretty sure there will be a few other fighters from this card. They're going to be released like Mackie Batolo, maybe Emily Whitmire, and uh, yeah, probably that's it from this card. But I, I think that definitely those fighters are at risk of being cut. All right, let's get to uh, this uh, weekend's card, UFC on ESPN Plus 34, Wolverine versus Sakai. Uh, just give me your thoughts on this card while I set it up, Cole. I don't think it's that good. I don't know. A lot of – maybe you have a different opinion. I don't think it's a very good card. There's only, like, a handful of fights I'm looking forward to. And it, it, to me, this is kind of just, like, they have to get some weekends in. I'd rather the UFC take some weekends off and make these cards better because right now, like, I see a lot of people on Twitter even complaining about it that, there's it's for them it's quantity over quality for the UFC right now just to make up all the weekends like since like July 11th there's a fight every single Saturday to like the middle of December something like that like why do you need to do that every single Saturday like give some people some breaks and then the next card to have really good but there are some matchups like the main event I'm excited to see Overeem fight again and Sakai this is a big test for him but other than that I don't think it's that good of a card I I agree 100% with what you just said Cole but it being quantity over quality. No doubt about it. They're trying to meet their quota with ESPN. They're putting a card every weekend. But a lot of these fights, Cole, are just not UFC caliber. And it, it makes you, you know, question what's a UFC caliber fighter anymore, you know, because they're just signing anyone at this point. I almost feel bad for guys on contender series. Like, why are they even on contender series? They could just be in the UFC at this point. But again, that's just the UFC trying to create cheap content for Tuesday nights. That's all it is. I don't mind contender series. I'm just saying, like, a guy like Josh Parisian, he had to win two fights on the show, but a guy like Parker Porter is, already has a second fight booked. Why? You know what I mean? So 
I have some issues with that, Colt, with definitely the uh, quality of fighters being signed right now. But overall, on this card, I, 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 I'm I, a little higher on it than you, Colt, because you look at the odds and a lot of fights are closely lined. So to me, it should be a pretty good card with a lot of competitive fights, but we'll see how it plays out. All right, so we'll go to uh, the opening card here, uh, opening part of the card. Now, Tapology doesn't have the Kelleher Nati uh, Vidad fight. Uh, the bout order for that so i'll just start with it cole because it is listed first but it probably will be on um it's going to be on the prelims i think but just a little deeper uh, a little bit deeper on it but either way they do have it listed here first so brian kelleher against kevin natty vidad at 145 natty vidad filling in for on short notice for ricky simone right now the current odds have kelleher ha at minus 225 natty vidad plus 175 who's your pick yeah, this is a really interesting fight. Nadavidad obviously has a lot of knockout power. If you look down his record, it's all a lot of knockouts. His only loss is funny. He lost in nine seconds in the knockout, but I know Keller's coming off or the loss to Cody Stamen. Before that, had the nice knockout over Hunter Azure, but I can't see him knock out Kevin Nadavad. I just think Keller will win this fight. I think he's going to use his wrestling, go back to like the submissions. His guillotine choke, that's kind of what he's patented. I wonder what Nadavad's uh, cardio is going to look like. We know Keller has really good cardio, so I think if Keller could survive that first round when Nadivad has all that power. It's his fight to lose. I expect him just use his striking. Uh, maybe even just lose the first round, second, third round, start using his wrestling. I think he can even smit Kevin Nadivad here, but I think this is a good fight for Keller to just get back in the win column. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not as convinced. I, I don't think uh, Kelleher's a good fighter. You know, I'm not going to say I'm the best at picking his fights. He's definitely won a few fights that I thought he was going to lose, like the Azure fight, Osborne. I mean, those are fights that were close, and he was an underdog. He's often an underdog, so this is a guy that doesn't get a lot of respect from betters, but he's definitely proven that he's a UFC caliber fighter. I like Brian Keller. I think he's a good fighter. He's well-rounded, but I like what I see from Kevin Natty Vidad, man. I watched tape on this guy. He looks good to me. He's young, too, 27 years old, so seven years younger, which I like. He just fought last month at uh, LFA, and he knocked the guy out in the second round, so that was a good win. He actually has quite a bit of experience goal. You look at his amateur record, he had like 20 amateur fights before he became a pro. He's been fighting in LFA and he's been doing really well. He does have the one loss. I did watch that fight. He got knocked. He got caught with a left hook uh, nine seconds into the fight. Anyone can get caught in the sport. Since then, he's bounced back with five straight wins. The short notice, definitely, I don't like that. But I like what I see from this guy, Cole. I'm going to start off the night with an upset pick, man. I'm going to take Kevin Natty Vidad to win a decision because I think actually what I saw is wrestling's quite good. Keller is very tough. I don't think he's going to get finished here. Uh, possibly though it's definitely possible but i'm kind of feeling like it's going to be a, a grind out kind of uh, a war i think it should be a really good fight actually but i think kevin natty vita is going to win this fight so that's my pick plus 175 dog let's see what happens all right next up we have a bantamweight bout between cole shelton i mean cole smith and hunter azure your cousin cole smith here cole <laughs> right now we got hunter azure minus 210 cole smith plus 175 who's your pick i'm gonna go hunter azure here i High on Cole Smith as a fighter. I think he's one of the better Canadian prospects out there. Uh, he's obviously a really tall band weight, 5'11". Hunter Azure's 5'8", but it's weird. It's a, a ha Azure has like a 3.5-inch reach, 4-inch reach advantage, which I think they're both similar fighters. I like to grind guys out using their wrestling. I think both – it's going to really come down to who's the stronger man out of the two, and I think Hunter's the strong guy where I think he can hold Smith up against the fence, just grind out a decision. I think it's going to be a really back-and-forth fight. I don't think the odds reflect how close it is. Like, I think this is more like a minus 160, minus 170 kind of fight for Hunter Asher, to be fair. But I think he can do enough just to grind out Cole Smith, get a decision win, and get back in the win column. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as, uh, as you on this one, Cole. You know, both guys, 
not greatest fighters for sure. Both guys kind of like at the bottom end of this division, I think. But I liked a little bit more of what I've seen from Azure. I just think that grinding style he's got, it's probably going to help him out here in this fight. I think he can take down Cole Smith and kind of just grind him out. Um, definitely that knockout loss to Kelleher doesn't look great in hindsight, I don't think. But, I, you know, I don't think Cole Smith really is a knockout artist. He doesn't really have that threat. Um, you look at his record, he does have, what, he's got two wins by strikes, but in the UFC hasn't shown any sort of striking. Actually, Cole, you look at his stats, uh, and I'm not saying stats are everything, but through two fights in the UFC, he landed 38 strikes, uh, 38 significant strikes in his win over Mitch Gagnon, and only 11 in his split decision loss to Miles Johns. Per minute, he's only landing 1.63 strikes, which is like probably the lowest in the UFC. Hunter Azure is averaging 4.71. So, I mean, that's a huge difference. He's just not active enough. Azure's going to take him down. He's going to outstrike him. I, I think he's going to win the decision. That's my pick for this fight, Cole. All right, next up we have. Uh, one sec. Uh, we have a heavyweight boat. Okay, this one should be interesting. Marcos Rogério de Lima against Alexander Romanov. And right now we have very close odds here. Romanov minus 115. De Lima minus 105. Who's your pick? This is the perfect fight for Alexander Romanov to get a good win in the UFC. Romanov is really a takedown guy. De Lima probably has one of the worst takedown defense in the heavyweight division. I just see Romanov taking DeLima down over and over again, probably end up submitting him or ground and pounding him. I honestly like Romanov at minus 120, kind of to that pick and price. I think he should be a bit more favored. I think after this fight, you're not going to get another pick and price with Romanov. Undefeated, he hasn't fought the highest level of competition, which is kind of worrisome. But to me, I'm just not very high on DeLima. I know he got that big one over Benson Soli last time out, but I just see Romanov just using his takedowns using his wrestling just to get Delima down, eventually getting a submission or ground pound. Because Romanov, once gets you down, he normally finishes all his fights there. Yeah, this fight is, uh, well, it's kind of an interesting fight. So at first I was like, man, Romanov, wow, look at these odds. This is amazing. He's definitely worth a bet. And then I kind of looked into it more, watched the tape on the guy. There's some stuff to like about it. I mean, they call him King Kong. That's his nickname, Cole. You can see why. You, 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 I don't know if you've seen, like, yeah. but you've seen it, right? Like the way he's throwing the punches like this. So I can see why they call him King Kong it's pretty obvious right like his he's going for ground he's going to take you down and ground and pound you that's his game plan for a kind of a you know I'm, and i'm not in great shape right now either but for kind of a fat guy he's actually got i think a decent gas tank and he can really like kind of pour the pressure on but i don't know cole like i mean i know he's undefeated and everything cole but does he really have like a notable win i guess virgil swaker who's a former bellator guy would be his best win but that guy's not that good uh he really hasn't been fighting high-level competition, Cole, which worries me because some of these fights I watched, these guys suck, man. Like, he goes in there and takes yeah. them straight away. Like, it's not even – the guys don't even know how to defend a takedown. That worries me, Cole, because DeLima, he's not great. He's very inconsistent, but he's got, like, 10 fights in the UFC. He's got tons of experience. He's been fighting at a high level for a long time. He is coming off a knockout win, too. He's got a lot of KO power. Also, I do worry that Romanov might gas out, so – I don't know, Cole. This is kind of a weird one because I, I do like him. And I, at first, I was like, this guy's worth a bet. But the more I looked into it, it kind of worries me. So my pick's going to be Romanov. I do think he probably finishes the Lima with ground and pound. That's, that's going to be my prediction, Cole. But the odds are close for a reason, guys. It's a heavyweight fight between two low-level guys. We'll see what happens. Romanov might go in there and look amazing. It's possible. It's definitely possible. But I'm worried a little bit, Cole. I'm not going to lie. Because the Lima has shown, at times, some really nice – um, striking and also submissions he does have a submission game too he's just a guy that i fade every fight and i don't want to go against that right now even though you know he's coming off a decent win over not, not a great fighter in Sassoli, but you know 
how much better is Romanov than than a guy like Sassoli? I don't know. We'll have to see how he looks in the UFC. All right, next up, women's flyweight bout, Vivian Araujo against Montana De La Rosa. Araujo, minus 170, De La Rosa, plus 155. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with the underdog in Montana De La Rosa. Araujo, I'm just not as high as other people are. I picked Jessica I to beat her. I just don't think she's as good as everyone hypes her up to be. Jessica I, I think, kind of showed the blueprint. And I think Montana De La Rosa is going to have a lot of success. I think Araujo, to me, I'm worried about her cardio. I don't think she can last that second, third round. And with De La Rosa, I expect Aruja to win that first round striking. And then I expect De La Rosa to really take over in that second, third round using her grappling. She made a big change. I, was, I talked to her for the fight. She moved out to team elevation. out and uh, She left her husband and her family behind. She said, I got to wor- like, worry about myself for this fight. So she's by herself out in team elevation, which I really like. I'm really high on that gym. At, at Working at elevation is only going to improve her cardio. I expect De La Rosa to really just grind out a decision win here, using her grappling in the second, third round to win those last two rounds and win the fight. But it is a really close one, and I wouldn't be surprised if Arujo pulled it off. It's definitely a close fight. Um, I'm, I don't think the odds are reflective of how close this fight is. I, I think it's a slight lean towards Arujo, though, Cole, because first off, she's never been taken down. So Montella Rosa is going to have to snap that 100% takedown defense, which she could. It's possible, but she'll have to keep taking her down, I think, because Arujo is, is a pretty scrappy fighter man and you look at again i'm not saying stats or everything guys but you look at the stats she lands 4.5 strikes a, a, a minute so i mean that's that's helpful against the rose who's only laying 2.3 and you look at the fight of andrea lee cole like that bothers me man seeing the way she got, got outstruck there eruzo is a much more technical striker she did lose to jessica i however jessica i missed weight by five pounds in that fight and she came in much bigger she's a bigger fighter eruzo someone who does have actually finishing power for this division which is nice to see I did see her fight in Brazil where she knocked the girl out. So I, I don't love her at the price, but I do think she's going to win this fight. So my pick is Viviane Araujo to win a decision. Having said that, I don't like the odds. Dan Esbach says, very disciplined to pass the bet. Pick him is pretty accurate here, I think. I, are you talking about the Romanoff fight, Dan? I, th- I think so. I think you are. Yeah, I, you got to pick and choose, man, honestly. I mean, this guy's never fought in the UFC. And again, I have a lot of... Um, problems with some of the stuff i saw on the tape so we'll see i mean again guys look kind of okay on tape or bad and then they look different in the ufc so we'll see what happens but i just think a guy like delima who has 10 fights in the ufc could pull off the upside in a heavyweight fight but we'll see what happens he also likes uh he says i prevent eruzo but live del rosa round one either to hedge or profit depending on eruzo's gas tank yeah i mean both of you guys are making a good point I, I do think del rosa probably will have the better cardio but we'll see i mean again that andrew leaf fight bothers me cool honestly like she definitely had issues with the, the striking in that fight. Um, and I think Arujo is just a much better striker. So that's kind of how I see the fight be, playing out here, guys. Just kind of her out striking Montana De La Rosa. But again, you know, the value is probably on De La Rosa's dog. I just don't think I can pull the trigger on it. Next up, we have a middleweight bout. This should, should be kind of interesting. Uh, Bartosz Fabinski against Andre Muniz. Fabinski is quite underrated, Cole, I think. Uh, Fabinski minus 145, Muniz plus 125. Who's your pick? Yeah, entering this fight, I thought I was going to go Muniz, and I just kept on watching more Fabinski. I'm like, man, this guy is really underrated. So I, I ended up going to Fabinski here. That Darren Stewart fight in k it's really a UFC fight. That was that, right with that London fight. And he looked really good in Darren Stewart. He just took him down over and over again. And we saw Darren Stewart. Like, I'm really high on Darren Stewart. I think Darren Stewart's pretty good. So for Fabinski to do that against him is really impressive. I know Munoz has a lot better takedown defense uh, than Stewart, but I still expect Fabinski to have some success with his wrestling. On the feet, I think they're pretty even. I think this is uh, fairly priced, like with a small lean to Fabinski, uh, like Munoz only being a small underdog. 
I think Fabinski can do enough just using his wrestling, clinching up to get a decision win, but it's a really close fight. But I do think Fabinski, as you mentioned, is really underrated. I like Fabinski, man. I think he's going to win this fight. I really like this guy. He's super underrated. He's 34, so he's not like he's young, but Cole, look at his resume, man. Like before that loss to Brazeros, which was like one of those quick submission losses that could happen to anyone, he was on a nice um, eight fight win streak or seven fight win streak, I should say. And you look at how dominant he was in those wins. And I know the guys he beat weren't great, but look how dominant he was with his wrestling, Cole. Six takedowns against Emil Mech, six takedowns against Hector Urbina, 10 takedowns against Gareth McClellan. And uh, they don't have the stats for the Darren Stewart fight, but I have watched that fight. I watched it live. I thought Stewart would win that fight. He got taken down at will by. Bartosz Rubinski. So his grappling is excellent. So I really like that about him, Cole. And to me, that win over Stewart's a really good win. Darren Stewart's a great fighter. So to me, that's a nice win. Nice, good prospect. I mean, okay, first off, he's a little younger. He's 30. So that goes in his favor. He's a little bit longer. He's got a small reach advantage here. He's southpaw too. So there's some stuff to like about him. Five fight win streak. He has looked okay in, uh, since coming to the contender series and UFC. But I, I just feel like Bartosz Rubinski is a big step up, Cole, to be honest with you, man. I think he's a big step up competition for this guy. And that grappling, Cole, it's so dominant, man. It really is. Unless he gets caught in a choke, I think he wins this fight. I like Bartosz Fabinski. One, minus 145, I actually think that's a decent line, Cole, I'll be honest, because I think people don't realize how good this guy actually is. I think he wins this fight. All right, next up, we have a lightweight belt. This one should be interesting too, Cole. Tiago Moises against Jalen Turner. Uh, right now, we have Tiago Moises as the favorite, minus 175, Turner plus 155. Who's your pick? I'm going with the underdog and Jalen Turner. I just, I know Tiago Moises obviously had that good comeback win against Michael Johnson. He is still getting pieced up with that first round. I think that's what Turner could do to him and just be a little bit. Obviously, Johnson is very like hit and miss. He's some like we obviously saw like the second round, he's he makes a lot of mental mistakes. I don't think Turner's going to do that. I think Turner could just have success on the feet. He's going to be a lot bigger than Moises. He's a really big lightweight. Like he's, what, 6'3", 75 and a half inch reach. I think he's just going to be able to use that reach, just piece up Moises. Keep the fight standing. If he does that, I think he should have some success. He does have some knock power. We obviously saw his wins over uh, Kalen Potter, 53 seconds. His last fight, a good ground and pound win. Uh, his two losses in the UFC are Vicente Luque. He took on short notice at welterweight. And obviously got knocked out, but that's not a bad loss. And then Matt Frivola, yeah. Frivola, to me, he's a guy like Fabinski. He's really underrated. I think Turner's getting overlooked a lot by the public here. I think Turner can do enough, get a decision, maybe even finish Moises. Moises is a tough guy to finish, so I don't know if Turner's going to land that knockout, but I think Turner, at the, this plus money is a really good bet. I'm with you on this one, Cole. I, I like Turner too, man. You know, Looking at this fight, initially I was kind of going with Moises, but the more I looked into it, there's a lot to like about Turner here. First off, the reach advantage, seven-inch reach advantage. That's massive. He's six inches taller as well, so he's got the size advantage. Um, he's also a south, southpaw, which helps. Strikes landing per minute, significant strikes landing per minute, man. It's He's landing six per minute, whereas Moises is only landing two and a half. So that's a huge advantage for Turner. Also, uh, Turner, you know, the Favola fight, he obviously got taken down. Other than that, though, he hasn't really been taken down. And like you said, Favola is kind of one of those like underrated grinder types, like a Forbinski, that people don't realize how good he really is. Moises is not really a, uh, like a takedown expert, Cole. Um, he did take down Kurt Hollibaugh, and that was a nice win for him, dominant win. Since then, I don't think he's looked that good. You look at the Tiago, uh, the Michael Johnson fight versus Tiago Moises, Cole. He landed in one strike in that fight, but he was able to get the ankle lock because Michael Johnson's submission defense is really bad. I don't think that's going to happen here. I mean, it's possible. Turner, the problem I have with Turner is his record's 9-5. and five. So I, I have picked him, I think, every fight in the UFC, and I think he's only 2-2. Two and two. Actually, no, I didn't pick him against Luque. So I I guess I'm three and three and one picking his fight. So I think I have a pretty good 
uh, I think, understanding of what this guy's game is like. But, you know, the loss of Revolta definitely, I think that's why he's not such a big underdog here, Cole. But to me, there's enough to like about him that I think at plus 175, he is worth a shot here as a dog. I just wouldn't go too crazy on him because, again, he's 9-5. and five, So he's proven he can lose a, uh, in a few different ways, submission and, uh, and by strikes. Mostly by strikes, actually. He's been knocked out four times, Cole, which bothers me. But is Moyes a KO artist? No. So he's got to take him down, submit him. I don't think it happens. I think Turner wins this fight, Cole. Does he win by stoppage decision? I'm not sure. Probably by stoppage, though. I mean, you look at his resume. Most of his wins, actually all of his wins are by stoppage. So he probably does finish Moises if he does win this fight. But, you know, I, I just I think there's value on him, man, at plus 175. We'll see what happens. All right, next up we have uh, my, Michelle Pereira against Zalima Madia. This is another interesting fight. Close odds. Pereira, minus 115. Amadia, minus 105. Who's your pick? I'm going Michelle Pereira. I think he can knock out Zalima Madia, but... Man, you can't bet this fight at all. Either guy are just nut cases. Like I've heard a lot of stories about Salima Maidov. Like entering that Max Griffin fight, you tried to like fight Max Griffin during fight week. I'm pretty close to Max Griffin, and we talk a lot. And he's like, during fight week, he's technically he's like, man, this guy is weird. And he used to say like Salima used to go around gym to gym in the states, and literally was just trying to knock out everyone when he was sparring. Like he'd just do like after the bell, he'd try to still land some punches. Like he doesn't have a good rep at a lot of gyms. Michelle Pereira, obviously, that last fight, he was winning it, and then he threw that illegal knee against Tristan Co- or Gio Sanchez. Tristan Connolly just gassed out. That's obviously a worry is him gassing out. I just think he could probably knock out Zaleem early on enough in the fight before he makes that mistake, before he gasses. But both these guys are so inconsistent. I don't think you can lay. Even at pick and price, you can't bet at either guy. I like the matchup, though. I think it's a fun fight. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how Pereira's when he's 26. You look at his pictures and stuff. He looks way older than 26, man. That's, I don't know if that age is correct. But, you know, Cole, I mean, obviously, his UFC runs have been kind of inconsistent, one and two, but he's fun to watch, man. And honestly, he was destroying Diego Sanchez. That was an easy win for him. He screwed up. He lost the fight. The Conley fight, he got overconfident and just gassed out, like you said. Look good against Roberts. I mean, this guy's fun to watch, man. Um, the Madiev, 0-2 in the UFC. Hasn't looked great, man. Locked up by Danny Roberts. And uh, Max Griffin fight was close, but he kind of got grinded on a little bit, got taken down a lot in that fight, which bothers me here because Perea's grappling is not bad. And striking, I think, um, you know, it's crazy, but it's control chaos a little bit too. So I don't know if this fight goes a distance. Probably not cool. I, I think there's probably going to be a finish in this fight. I do kind of feel like it's going to be Perea knocking on Madiev. The odds are close, though, for a reason. Perea has a lot of holes in this game, guys. His, his cardio is a massive problem, and he's been knocked out too. So he could get finished here, but overall, I do kind of lean towards Perea. Um, I think the odds are, you know, I don't think it's bettable really cool, I'll be honest, but I think the odds are right where they should be well, near pick them. What are you going to say? Fight doesn't go the distance. It's minus 195. I thought it'd be higher than that. Yeah, I, I don't think it goes the distance, but I mean, maybe maybe it does. I, I, doubt, I don't think so, actually, Cole. Do you? you don't both, think so? Those, both of them gas, and if it goes in the third round, I expect one of them to make a stupid TQ mistake. I know. I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, next up, women's bantamweight boat. Carol Rosa against Sahara Eubanks. Uh, Rosa minus 130, Eubanks plus 100. Who's your pick? I'm going Carol Rosa. I'm just not high on Sahara Eubanks at all. If you lose to Betch Correa, like at this in 20, what, 2019, she lost to Betch Correa. Like, she literally lost a year ago to Betch Correa. Like, I don't know how. Like, I don't even get how she's still ranked. She's five and four, and the win she has in the UFC are obviously Roxanne Montferry's a good win, but she, she, uh, missed weight for that one. Uh, Lauren Murphy. 
and Sarah Marais, but she just had Aspen Lanpetre. She just didn't look good. Rosa obviously hasn't fought a, a ton of a high level competition. Like uh, Vanessa Mello, it's weird. Like she's looked good, but she's not fighting that high level competitions. Eubanks, although her record isn't as good, she is. She has been fighting better competition, so maybe this is a spot where the underdog wins. But I just think Rosa's a better striker. I think she can have some success. I think she can grind out a decision, but this isn't a fight I bet on either. Or even if you like Eubanks, I still don't know if you can lay money on her. Dude, I really like Carol Rose in this fight, man. I, you have to fade Eubanks first off. Um, she's not really UFC caliber, I'm thinking, Cole. I mean, she had a nice run on Tough. I'll give her that. But and since she, she almost fought for the belt like two years ago. Yeah, but she's really struggled, I think, uh, the last two years. One and two in the last three fights. Lost to Betts Correa, Cole. That really bothers me, man. That bothers me a lot. She did beat Morris in her last fight. I mean, that was an okay win, I guess. But, you know, she's 35 years old, Cole. Quite frankly, I feel like she's only getting these opportunities because of her manager. Her manager's Ali Abdelaziz. He's a great manager. I don't think she should be in the main card. I think that's crazy. There's better fights in the prelims. But I think this is a showcase for Rosa. Rosa's 25, and she's on a four-fight win streak. And, dude, she's looked really good at the UFC, Cole. She's looked amazing. Again, you know, stats are not everything, but look at her stats. They're eye-popping. She's landing almost 10 significant strikes per minute. She landed 170 strikes against Procopio and 120 against Melo. She's a really dangerous striker. Doesn't have really knockout power, but volume is there. Takedown defense, never been taken down in the UFC. Obviously, she can be KO'd. She's been KO'd, or she's been uh, finished by submission, I should say. Anyone can get KO'd, though. Eubanks does have a little bit of pop at times, but overall, Cole, I like Rosa a lot in this spot, in this spot man. Minus 130, I think it's bettable, man. She's got a lot of advantages, guys. Like, again, 10 years younger. And everything else is in her favor. Striking is in her favor. The grappling could be. I mean, that's the one question mark I have. But uh, overall, I like her a lot. Cole. I, I really like Carol Wilson. Straight wager. How's it going, man? Perea has a bad rep with some Cirque du Soleil kicks, but lean him as well. Yeah, people think he's nuts, and he, he kind of is. He's fun to watch, though. But, yeah, I mean, um, I do lean towards him as well. What are you going to say, Cole? Nothing. Okay, no worries. All right. Co-main event. We broke down this fight, like, what, two weeks ago? Over yeah. against Lonzo Menafield. OSP. Had COVID-19, but it, it was asymptomatic. They rebooked the fight really quick. Um, it's just one of those things where you have to be careful. So I have no problem with them rebooking it this fast, though, if he's healthy. Uh, right now, we have Manifield minus 130, OSP plus 110. Who's your pair? Yeah, I picked OSP two weeks ago, and I'm actually going to flip it to Manifield. I didn't like Manifield taking on eight days notice. I was worried about his gas tank, but just having two extra weeks. I think Manifield's a better fighter. I think he has the more power striking-wise. I think... He's obviously a lot better striker. I just didn't like him taking on eight, seven days notice, whatever it was. Having two extra weeks to work on that cardio, I think it's a lot better. I've heard a lot of things from Pila Fortis that he literally, the day after Devin Clark, he was back in the gym and really only working on cardio because he knew that was a bad... So Because he knew that was kind of the reason why he lost Devin Clark was his cardio. He just kind of gassed out. So if that's the case and his cardio is a lot better, I think he can be able to survive OSP. I think you can land that knockout punch as well. Maybe first, second round. But if this, again, I said it in the breakdown, if this gets to the third round, I wouldn't be surprised OSP submitted Menafield. This is a really close fight. I'd just like that extra two weeks for Menafield to improve his gas tank a bit more. Yeah. I don't know. How much can you improve your gas tank in two more weeks? I don't know. I think it's like a, a process that's going to take you know months, if not years. So I don't know. It worries me still, Cole. That fight with Clark worries me. If he doesn't put out OSP in the first round, I do think he's going to gas out again. And that's the, the biggest concern I have with him. Once again, OSP, he's definitely got a questionable chin. He's been finished quite a few times. But 
you know, his submission game is incredible. One of the best submission games at 205. He does have really good cardio. His striking is pretty possible too. Obviously, he's a little bit older now. He's 37. It's crazy, right? He's got older, older quick, but Benefield's not like he, people think he's like 25. He's 32, Cole. Like he's a little bit of an older prospect. So I don't know. Like I like Benefield a lot. I, I picked him in all his fights in the UFC, but this fight, I don't know. Like I, I think it's close, but I kind of lean towards OSP just based on experience, cardio, submissions. My pick's going to be OSP. I'm not going to switch my pick. I thought about it too, Cole. I'll be honest. I did think about it, but overall, I'm leaning towards OSP slightly. But you look at the odds, they're close for reason, guys. I don't think it's really worth betting on this fight unless you're looking at a prop like OSP by submission. Maybe that's a prop you could look at. OSP by submission is not – I don't see one right now. Maybe you look for that when it comes out. If it's like plus 300, you could take a shot on it possibly. But overall, I think it's a competitive fight, but I do lean towards OSP just a little bit. Go ahead. OSP inside the distance is plus 185, so you're obviously going to get a lot better line on Switch. I wouldn't be surprised if you get 3-1 to one on him to submit him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather go with that because I think that he could win a decision too. Um, also, Menefield possibly could uh, knock him out. So, I mean, there's there's a few ways this fight could go. All right, main event of the evening, Cole. Heavyweight bout, Alistair Overeem against Augusto Sakai. Overeem minus 145, Sakai plus 125. I'm interested to hear your pick for this fight. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think Overeem, he was a lot bigger favorite even a couple days ago. A lot of money's coming on Augusto Sakai. I just don't see it. I like Alistair Overeem here. I just haven't been high on Augusto Sakai. I picked Blago Ivanov to win that fight. A big, I know, I know he got this split over Blago Ivanov, but a big question was that fence grab, which didn't allow Blago to get him down to the ground. If that, if he gets down to the ground, maybe Blago wins that round, he wins the fight. So, and Augusto Sakai went a split against Andre Lovsky, and I was looking, it was like 13 to 14 or 14 to 15 media members scored it for Arlovsky. I had Arlovsky winning that, and Arlovsky's not the same fighter anymore. I'm just, his wins in the UFC aren't that impressive to me. Like a Chase Sherman, sure. Arlovsky split, a lot of people thought he lost it. Marcin Dibura knocked it. I'm not really high on him. And Blake Ivanov was a close fight. If I know Cormier was even screaming for that, take a point for the fence guy. If you take a point, that's a draw or a win for Blagoy. I'm just not as high on him. I don't think he has that really good knock power that can drop over him. Overeem's looked a lot better. His gas tank's a lot better. I expect Overeem to take over this fight, second, third round, really take over. I'm really high on what Overeem's done since the move team elevation. I think his wrestling has gotten a lot better. I wouldn't even be surprised if he looks to take down Augusto Sakai in this fight. I know he's a kickboxer, but his past couple of fights, his wrestling's looked really good. I think Overeem can have a lot of success and finish his fight. Ground, pound, TKO, third, fourth round, probably. Yeah, first off, as far as that uh, fight with Ivanov goes, dude, that was so unprofessional of DC to do that. Like, it's not yeah. even a ref. He's so un- I'm. That's the one thing. I mentioned this on Twitter, like, a few weeks ago, I think. I just said, you know, you can hear the commentators a lot more. The referees do. And they know that. So, they're, you know, Gang Hardy freaked out at Herb Dean. I thought DC going, take a point, was so unprofessional. Like, let the ref do his job, you know? Yes, points are probably taken, but that's not the commentator's job to get up and scream. So I'm honestly kind of getting tired of that. You know, we, I feel like we see it quite a bit now. We kind of we can kind of hear the commentators speaking louder so the ref can hear them because they can hear everything. Anyways, that was just a side note there. As far as this fight goes, Cole, I think you have to bet an Overeem. I think he is worth a bet here at minus 145. I think there's massive value in Overeem. What is there to like about Sakai here? I don't think there's much to like about him at all. I mean, obviously, Overeem's chin is a question mark. Anyone can finish him. So I guess Sakai could even catch him, even though he's not really a KO artist. But Overeem overall is a much better fighter, way more well-rounded, better striking, better submissions, better wrestling, better cardio. Everything's better for Overeem. He's just a better fighter. Um, the only thing that's his problem is his chin, but I don't think he gets knocked out here. Sakai is not a guy who lands one punch. He's more of a volume guy. I, it's possible he could finish over him. It's possible, Cole, for sure, you know, but 
overall, I like Overeem a lot. I know he's older now. He's uh, he's um, 40 years old, so he's 11 years older. That obviously is a problem. I usually bet in the younger guy. Not in this case, though. Overeem's so experienced. He's so well-rounded. He's looked really good lately. You know, had he won the Rosenstruck fight, he was four seconds away from winning that unanimous decision call. He'd be on a four-fight win streak right now. So, to me, this guy's super dangerous still. I love seeing the evolution of Alistair Overeem at age 40. He's been saying, you know, I'm, I'm making one last title run, and I think he's going to be successful in uh, doing so in this fight. So, give me Overeem, Cole. I think he finishes his fight. Probably ground and pound. Maybe submission, though. It's been a while since he submitted someone, but he does have a submission game. But I think probably a knockout, Cole. Uh, you look at the props. Fight does not go the distance. Minus 245. That is value right there. There's no way this fight's going five rounds, guys. Overeem doesn't really have uh, the gas tank, I don't think, to go the full five. I know that Rosenstruck fight almost did, but overall, I mean, he does kind of get tired. And Sakai, I don't think he's going to go five. He's never been five before, so I don't think it's going five rounds. Someone's going to get knocked out. I think Overeem knocks out Sakai with ground and pound. Probably in, like, the first or second round, Cole. I think it's going to be pretty uh, pretty fast, to be honest with you. So, Give me Overeem, man. I think he's definitely worthy of a bet in the, in the spot at minus 145. I think it's a really cheap price. I'm just a little surprised there's so much action coming in Sakai, I'll be honest. But I guess people, they're just fading Overeem. But I remember this this spot two years ago when he fought Pavlovich. Everyone said Pavlovich is going to finish him. He took him down and beat the hell out of him. So I think the same thing's going to happen here, Cole. I think that's it for this card. Anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay. Let's go to Contender Series, guys. We have a five-fight card tonight. Should be pretty good. Uh, Cole, we'll start with uh, the opening card according to topology here. Tucker Lutz against Chase Gibson at lightweight. Right now we have Tucker Lutz, minus 320, Chase Gibson, plus 260. Any thoughts on this fight? I like Tucker Lutz here. I'm not really high on Chase uh, Gibson. I'm, Tucker Lutz has looked pretty good. as a lot of knockout wins. A lot of – he's even – he has a couple submission wins. He's fought some okay level competition. Obviously, there's some guys that you have, like most fighters that are fighting like a – He's fought like a three and fourteen guy, but he's fought some guys from over five hundred record. I think Lutz could finish Gibson here, and I, I lightweight though. I think if this fight goes a distance, I don't think either of them are getting contract, but I expect Lutz to get a contract and finish Gibson. Yeah, I like Lutz too. I think he wins this fight too, Cole. Um, you know the odds opened, I think at minus four hundred. So, so there's been a little bit of action on on, uh, on Gibson, but I like Lutz. Uh, you know, you look at his resume; it's a little bit more clean, I think, and. You know, he lost his first fight, and then since then he has, he's been undefeated. Gibson's a little inconsistent to me. Lutz probably finishes his fight, too. It's a small cage, the Ender Series fight. Is there odds on that? Uh, fight doesn't go distance, minus 185. I mean, that's better odds. I like Lutz, though. I think he wins this fight, Cole. Probably, what do you think, a stoppage? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, next up we have William Knight against Cody Brundage. Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask. Do you think uh, Lutz gets a contract if he wins? Yeah. AI if he gets a finish, yes. Yes, I agree with that. Uh this fight, I think the winner gets a contract because yep. they need two fivers, and I don't think this fight's going three rounds. William Knight against Cody Brundage. Right now we have William Knight. At, oh, sorry, Cody Brundage minus 120. William Knight plus 100. What do you think it's going to win this fight, Cole? It should be a pretty good fight. I like William Knight. He's already on that UFC developmental deal. His only loss was a really controversial knock a lot. It wasn't even really enough. It was a, to me, it was a bad ref stoppage. If you go watch that fight, it was a really early stoppage. Who knows? He might have got knocked out later in the fight, but at that point, he wasn't really out. Cody Brunners is a guy that's really impressed me. Five and oh, he's only 26. It's just the level competition isn't there. William Knight's fought a lot better, guys. I think William Knight could finish Cody Brundage and get his developmental deal into a full UFC contract. I really like this fight. I think for sure the winner's getting signed. They need to I, I'm surprised it's not the main event, especially with Knight already being a developmental guy. 
when I was doing the article, I, I put it as the first fight, and I was surprised the other fight was the main event. I mean, I don't think that's a huge deal either way, but yeah, I think that uh, this should have been the the like the headlining car, uh, fight of the card. As far as the fight goes, it, sh it should be a good fight. I mean, William Knight's a guy that I think they should have signed him last year, Cole, when he had that finish. It was a late finish. I think Dana White wanted to see him finish early. Since then, 2-1. and one, You mentioned that loss to Tafan uh, Nwuki or whatever. Uh, he's going to be on contender series next week. He's actually a really good prospect. So that's not a bad loss, actually. That's the guy that a lot of people are talking about now. So, you know, William Knight overall has been impressive, man. 7-1, seven, seven wins by knockout. But Cody Brunders, Cole, I don't know, man. There's something I like about this guy, too. 5-0. and oh, and he's undefeated. He's only been fighting as a pro for less than two years, and he's knocked uh, four of his five opponents out. Level of competition has been great, but you know, you look at the weigh-ins, Cole. He's a lot bigger, man. He was way bigger. The, I'm looking at topology. They they list Brunage at six one nine five ten. There's no way. Go look at the weigh-ins, guys. No chance. Uh, unless he was wearing shoes and I didn't see it. I I don't. He looks like five or six inches taller. This is a big dude, man. And uh, I was talking to James, and James likes him too. So. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely an interesting fight. I'm going to lean towards Knight, though, a little bit, Cole. I think the experience will help him being on the contender series. But Brunner is just live here, guys. So I'm not betting on this fight. I wouldn't bet on it. I think it's uh, you know it's definitely a situation where that dog can win. Fight doesn't go distance minus 350. That's going to win. There's no way this fight goes three rounds. Next up, Bandway about Joe, uh, Jose Johnson against Ronnie Lawrence. Jose Johnson minus 290. Lawrence plus 245 would your pick. I like Jose Johnson or Jose Johnson win this fight and probably finish Ronnie Lawrence. I'm really high on him. I I know he already ha he's fought a lot for only being uh, 25 years old. I think he can finish this fight probably in the first second round. He's fought some good guys like Rafael Costa's last fight to finish him early in the first round. I think he can do the same to Ronnie Lawrence. I think he can knock him out early. Yeah, I I, I think he wins too. I mean the odds aren't great minus uh, 290, but you know Lawrence. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Cool. I mean he he does have. You know some some decent performances, I guess. But Johnson, the experience is so much in his favor. Here, Cole. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Johnson, but you know we'll see what happens. Two two LFA guys, so should be okay. Next up, we have Jimmy Flick against Nate Smith at flyweight, and right now the odds have uh, Smith minus one thirty, Flick plus one ten. Flick actually opened as the favorite, so the lines flipped. What do you think of this one? I actually like Jimmy Flick here, and I know a lot of people are betting him when he was like plus one forty. I think that's a good price to get him. I just like the experience here. He's fought a lot better guys. I know, like, he's fought like Chris Gutierrez, Johnny Bedford. Like, he's fought some good guys. Nate Smith, I know he's undefeated, but to me, he just hasn't fought that same level of competition. I like Flick to probably maybe submit Nate Smith, if not just get a decision. I think whoever wins this fight is probably going to sign just because they're really trying to build the flyweight division. But I like Flick as the underdog here. I like Flick too, man. The experience. You know, he's got a lot of fights, he's been around a long time. There's a lot to like about Jimmy Flick, and he's coming off a nice win. Cole. He won the LFA title in his last fight, and he looked good in that fight. And, uh, you know, this is a guy who's been fighting for like 10 years, and he's fought some decent competition over the years, man. He's got some okay wins, like Johnny Bedford. That's a decent win, you know. So this is a guy who's been fighting off, like, grinding his way to the UFC, and he's close now. Nate Smith, though, Cole, another elevation guy, man, and, and one of these guys that, you know, everyone's hyping up, and um, Sean Madden saying this guy is, like, the next big thing from elevation. It's possible, man, definitely. So it's one of those things where like i think smith could could win but i just feel like flick should be favored so i think there's value on him as a dog because i think he should be favored and i think the opening line was correct so flick i think he wins probably decision cole but we'll see what happens and finally may event the evening i told cole before so started i want to completely butcher this dude's name but i'm gonna try my best so we have oh man dennis bazookia minus 105 and oh this is a tough one cole 
Melsic, Bag, Dasser, Ryan, minus 115. Uh, that's a tough one, Cole. Who's your pick? Yeah, I'm just going by their first name. So Melsic, he's a... Uh, I have a lot of questions about him. If you look at his record, he lost his first MA fight in 2014 and then didn't fight in MA again until 2019. And if you look, his wins are 14 seconds, 9 seconds, 7 seconds knockout, and then the other fight is enlisted. So he's obviously knocking people out in the probably his first, second punch he throws. But a big question is how good are those guys that he's fighting or what's the level of competition he's fighting? And what's his cardio going to be like when he gets to that second, third round because he's knocking everyone out in the first 10 seconds? Uh, Dennis is a guy that's gone to distance. He's fought some good guys. Uh, Tim Dueling's last one's a pretty good win. I expect uh, Dennis to really take over. If he can survive that first round where Melzik has a lot of his power, I think it's his fight to lose. I like Dennis here to grind out a decision, but I don't see him getting signed. He's 4-1. and one. He's still young in his career. I think this is going to be a classic Dana White. He's going to be in the UFC, but not tonight. I think he's going to get a decision win here. Uh, but, man, if Melzik knocked him out in the first 10 seconds, then I wouldn't be surprised because he seems like he's doing that to everyone. This is an interesting fight. I, mean, I think the winner could get signed to you. Uh, Melzik, I mean, he had a fight six years ago, took like five years off. He was doing like uh, boxing, kickboxing, comes back four and since then with four knockouts. So, I mean, the guy's definitely got power. And you look at uh, Dennis, uh, he's got some decent experience fighting in Bellator and ring of combat. So, you know, we'll see what happens, Cole. I think it's possibly a dogger pass, uh, potentially. I mean, it's a pickup fight. So it's hard to say there's really a dogger. We'll see what happens as far as the line goes tonight. But, I don't know. I, I guess I'm leaning towards Melsic a little bit, Cole, but this is not a fight to bet on. You got to be careful with contender series, guys. You got to pick your spots here. Um, but, you know, potentially there could be some some bets tonight. We'll see what happens. All right, Cole. Uh, we're almost at the end of the show, but there's a few things I want to talk about quickly with you. First off, there's a report that Brock Lesnar's not free agent, and uh, Donald Force President Scott Coker has already said that he's interested in making the fight with Fedor Milianenko. That's a fight that the UFC wanted to do like 10 years ago. I know Fader's like 42, I think, and Brock's like 45 maybe now. I, I got to with Brock Davis. He's, old, he's up there, though. Brock Lesnar, how old is he? 43. They're both in their 40s. But I would watch this fight, Cole. I would love to watch this fight, even if it's in Bellator and even if they're older and stuff now. Uh, what do you think, Cole? Do you think it's going to happen? I don't see it happening. I don't really see Brock Lesnar going back to... If he goes back to MMA, it's going to be the UFC. I think he's going to go back for probably like John Jones fight. John Jones has been chirping at him. That's a fight that people have been talking about for quite a while. I think that's the only way he goes back to MMA is John Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if he just stays in W... Resigns WWE or goes to like that AEW promotion and becomes like try to build them up to rival the WWE, but I can't see him signing with Bellator. I, I can, but here's the other thing. I think he'd be the perfect tune-up fight for John Jones too, right? Like, if Francis and CP is going to happen next, and we have no idea what's going to happen with that, but if it does happen, John Jones, he's going to want to take on someone. Brock Lesnar would be the perfect guy to fight. He's a big dude. He does have power, but Jones overall, I mean, the cardio, everything is in his favor. So that'd be an interesting fight, Cole. I would watch that fight. I am interested in seeing Brock Lesnar back. He's great for business, man. He's great for us, Cole. You get Brock Lesnar back, Cole, we're going to be writing articles on him and doing lots of clicks. So I think it's actually a good thing for us. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, But actually, that's a good segue to hear to uh, the, the other guys at heavyweight and light heavyweight. Uh, Daniel Cormier retired. Uh, he made it official yesterday, Cole. What's your thoughts on his legacy in the sport? Like, where do you put him? Top 10 of all time? Top 5? Where do you put Daniel Cormier? I'd put him for sure top 10. I think you can make a case he's probably top. It depends what you think. If you think someone tested positive for steroids and they're automatically out, then you probably put him in the top five because then you remove John Jones, you remove Anderson Silva. 
and then you're probably looking at what George, Demetrius Johnson, maybe you make Habib in there. May I, if you if you're one of those people that think if you te- if you, you saw the flag do you're out of the top if you're out of the goat list and he's for sure top five. But if you include those guys, he's for sure top ten. He's one of the best to ever do it. But like look at who he only lost. So he has three losses, really four, but the one got overturned twice to John Jones, twice to Steve Amiotic. Like those yeah. are bad guys to lose to. He's an absolute beast, man. He's one of the best ever. I mean, he it's it's kind of crappy because he was a late bloomer. He started at like age thirty in strike force. Uh, had he been a little bit younger in his 20s, I think he could have had an even longer and better career. But still one of the best ever, best uh, one of the best heavyweights and light heavyweights. I mean, he's a two-division champ of the UFC. That's incredible. So definitely top 10. Uh, and then the last thing I want to ask here, John Jones and Stipe uh, and Nagano, I mean, the whole triangle there. What do you think is going to happen, Cole? I still feel like Jones is going to get that shot, but, I mean, Nagano deserves it. It's, going to, it's a tough situation. What do you think? I could see Stipe really pushing for that John Jones fight because – for him, what's there really to do to beat Ngannou again? He dominated him. It was 50-44. Like, Ngannou had nothing for Stipe Miocic. So, yeah. if he does it again, there's no, it doesn't add anything to, like, his leg series record. It's like, oh, you just did the same thing you already did. But if yeah. he goes out there and hands John Jones his first loss, that adds a lot to his legs. So you're talking, you're talking about Stipe Miocic being one of the best of all time. He's yeah. already considered the best heavyweight. But if he goes out, hands John Jones first loss, you automatically put him in that best fighters ever. If he beats Ngannou again, it really doesn't do that to his legacy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We'll see what happens, man. I feel like Jones is definitely live to get, to get the uh, the matchup. Let's get some comments here. Kinshiro Rodoju never he says never bet on these young guys in the contender series. I mean, you gotta be careful. Turn up and May. What's up, Jens? Hey, how's it going, man? Getting on my morning meeting. Every time we're doing the podcast, you're in your morning meeting. I feel bad for you, bro. You gotta get in here live and ask some questions. But uh, he says good luck with our bets. Good luck to you, man. And then Kinshiro says these top ten UFC show disagree i mean how do you disagree with that he definitely is but you know actually he was just praising that Lorenzo Petito. they said they gave him like a million or bonus last question kevin scott loses first habib jones or nunez i don't know that's a tough question to ask i don't know i mean that's a really tough question to ask well uh, to be fair nunez has lost before so i mean i, I guess i don't know if she should be a part of that but now i mean it's possible but i don't know she probably beats everyone in her path I think that's it. Cool. Just give me a really, really quick thought on this fight between uh, Mickey Gall and Miguel Beza. That's the only thing I want to ask you, and uh, we'll get out of here. Thoughts on that one? I have a big lead to Miguel Beza. I have not been high on Mickey Gall at all. I might have honestly picked him. I have to look at – I think I might have picked him against every, every UFC fight. Maybe I might have picked him in one or two, but I have to look back at his record. But I'm not high on him at all. Yeah, I think Beza probably should be able to knock him out. I think so too. I like him quite a bit. That's why I asked. And the other fight that they got announced today, uh, my boy Chisenga Malato, who's on the podcast a few yeah. weeks ago, he broke uh, Tom Aspinall against Sergey Spivak, Cole's favorite heavyweight. I'm pretty sure uh, Tom Aspinall knocks him out in that fight, Cole. I'm pretty sure he agreed that one. Yeah, I got the same review right. on that one. I agree. And uh, Kate Shiro's talking about the, the, the DC thing, talking about the bonus money. Yeah, he said he got like cut an extra million dollar check or whatever for the fight with uh, Rumble, also the Jones fight. So good for DC. I love DC, man. He's one of the best, but. You know, it, the guy's definitely a show. I mean, but hey, if I was getting paid a million bucks, I'd be a show for whoever was paying me too. Cool, we're done. Plug all your stuff. Uh, Twitter at Show ninety one. No show this week. We only do four a month, so there's five Tuesday. So oh, I just, I just saw that this was the worst card, so we're not doing one for this card. So, but other than that, I've taught interviews with Montana Del Rosa, Jalen Turner, uh, Cole Smith, fighter picks for the main event. Everything else is always on my Twitter. 
Good stuff, man. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin. Podcast is available at maoddsbreaker.com. It's on our YouTube channel, iTunes, Spotify, Google, everywhere you get, uh, listen to your podcast. Podcast is available. Also available at bjpanner.com and mmaratings.net. Cole, thanks again for joining me to break down the show. Everyone in the chat, thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great day.